Hey, welcome everyone to another Breakthrough Academy. Welcome everyone. Glad you could be here for another exciting Breakthrough Academy. I'm excited to be here. And you can introduce yourself first. Josh. And I am Josh, Joshua Doby. So I'm coming here with Pastor Peter and I, I just so love uh, being here, learning and, and also being a part of this. This is a lot of fun. This is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the eastern part of Melbourne, and um, we're from Breakthrough Church, and if anyone would like to join us either online, or you can actually come in in-house in and do the Bible study mm. with us. We have people that come and sit with us, yeah. um, or you can do it online. We are able to um, accommodate you and bring the Word of God to you. The main thing is that you come with a hungry heart and give your focus and attention to what God says so that you can obey that. Mm. Yeah, the, the things that, we, the, the, that we're learning here, the... The revelation that is flowing, um, it's just really awesome and it's really life-changing. You know, ha di diving into to these topics and, um, and having a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of, of the Word of God and, and how it applies to us in our lives. So let's do that. Let's just dive straight in. We've been studying covenant and looking at how that's the way God um, deals with us. He puts everything in the context of yeah. covenant. Um, he... He works with covenant, he commits to covenant, he vows and makes declarations in covenant. In fact, um, often there, there's, there's, there is a word, a Hebrew word for covenant, but then there's two words which are used in terms when they make a covenant. And one is to cut a covenant, and that refers to the fact that animals are being uh, sacrificed and blood is being mm. shed when a covenant is put in place. Yep. And so... The, the term is cut a covenant. So if you ever see the word make a covenant in the Bible, well, you look at the word make and it's often the word cut. Mm. Um, and the other one is to, that, um, to make a vow, to make a declaration. And so that when people make a covenant, they make strong vows to each other. And mm. those vows are very much um, an incorporated, essential part of the covenant. It, it's sort of the covenant is worked around those vows. Mm. And so sometimes just to, to make um, a vow to someone is also a word. So sometimes they say, um, they don't even put the word covenant, they just say, we'll make, we'll cut. Yeah. And so the word cut, okay, I know what you mean, cutting the covenant. Mm. And sometimes they use the word vow, they just make a vow, mm. and it's actually, that's sort of, oh, the vow of the covenant. So those two things, the sacrifice and the covenant, they, they come together. Um, and, and that's why it's become more and more um, evident to me that when God was making vows and making declarations in the old covenant, what we call the old covenant, the Old Testament, mm. and he was speaking towards the new covenant that Jesus would enact in his blood, he was putting those vows into place. He was speaking, he spoke to Abraham, he spoke to Jeremiah, he spoke to David, he spoke about things which were to come. Mm. And he was already framing and shaping that covenant with his words and those vows. And so that's why they're, they're so important. It's, it's, they're not just sort of, oh, he just said things. No, no, that is shaping what the covenant looks like. Yeah. And um, so that's why it's so important that we, we um, it's so important that we um, understand the things that he has said around our covenant. Mm. Because without those words, um, the covenant, it, it's, God doesn't sort of say, oh, I've got a covenant and I spoke some things. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't, it's not like I, I yeah. happen to say some things and the covenant. No, the things he spoke take, uh, give the covenant its substance. Mm. It's those words. And he makes vows and he swears by himself because he can go no higher than. There's no one higher. His, yeah, so he speaks to himself. 
And so um, I want us to look at um, the book of Galatians. We, we've started, we've been looking at this, and we looked at it in context of the fact that, hey, Paul's saying, you just can't go back and mix the old covenant and the new. They don't mix. They don't work together. Mm. In fact, um, it's, just, it's just utter foolishness, and he's just so frustrated them. Um, in ver- Galatians 4, verse 9, in fact, I'll just bring it up. Galatians 4, 9, but know that you have come to know God or rather be known by God. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless basic forces? Do you want to be enslaved to them all, um, all over again? Now, when we say turn back to those weak and worthless forces, what's he talking about? He's talking about in context of the law, mm. going back to the things that you can you do, the things that you act out, the, yeah. the, you know. He's saying these are worthless. Mm. You, why, why, how can you go back to them? You cannot mix them. It just, it's just abhorrent to think that you can do that. But we discovered last week that we still need to do things. But the things that we do, the works that we do, yeah. all come out of our trust and our, our, um, mm. out of our life of That's faith. Good. And um, I, I want to give an example of this in the book of James. Yeah, but th- this was different. This was like works under grace, works through love. It's it's not the same works under the law where it's I do this. No, it, yeah. totally different. It's, it's a totally different way of doing mm. things. But it can sort of look from the outside a little bit the same. Yeah. But it's it's t- so totally different. Mm. Um, the re- it does look very similar. That's why in um, Corinthians when Paul said, when I'm, we're going to come to the Bema seat, the, the, the judgment seat of God where he will take believers. This is not to see whether you're saved or not mm. because that's already been done, but to see what you have done yeah. with God. And he takes that Bema seat and he, it says he applies the fire to us mm. and the wood, hay and stubble gets burnt up and only the good stuff gets left. Mm. Now, if the stuff that you did by your flesh in your own strength, through your own pride and through your own efforts, and the things that you did under the Spirit through faith were so evident, God would just say, well, I'm going to separate you. There's the good stuff, the bad. But he's actually said, I've got to apply a fire because they're all blended together and you can't really see them. But as I burn them off, the good stuff stays. Mm. All right? So it's I've got to apply something which is a, a testing that separates them. Mm. And that tells me that they're not easily discerned. You can't just sort of look and say, oh, that's, that's flesh or that's the Spirit. They, they, they look the same. On, on the surface level, before other people, yeah. you, it can look the exact same. And you can fool others and people can be, you know, um, that they can be deceived. But when God applies his fire on them, they are not the same. They, mm. they're, they're nothing like each other. You know, the, the, a precious metal, you know, gold and a piece of straw are not the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're so different. There's one so solid and one will last the fire and one is I've got great value. The other one is is nothing and cheap and worthless mm. and temporary. All right. But until till that, that, that fire is applied, the, the, the precious stuff doesn't come out. And so um, I remember once um, I was doing a study on this on um, – I'm actually just going to turn my screensaver off because otherwise I can get into difficulty. It's a good idea. 
Otherwise, ads start coming yeah, up. Yeah, it just turns ads itself off. and coming up that we, we don't endorse. It's like, no, I haven't been watching that. Yeah, this stuff. Yeah, if you don't know the story, I, I was using my iPad and, and church once, and I didn't put the screensaver on. Preached for a little while, and it just went into some auto mode that, that was nothing to do with me. But um, it was not healthy for what everyone else was like. What is that? Um, so we're good. Um, and um, so I was studying this, you know, the wood hay stubble, mm. you know. Yep. And so I, 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 you know, had a look on the internet, you know, good, good Bible research, Google, you know, what, what's so, you know, just what is that, what other other preachers said on this? I hadn't heard any many sermons on it, mm. and so I found quite a few, you know, sermons. I say quite a few. There wasn't that many, but there was a, a few that every search would sort of go back to the same spot, mm. and and they'd made like a little movie, um, a little illustration movie, one church where. This guy goes through his life, and it's like wood, hay, stubble, and the gold. And it was like, um, and so it was like, okay, he'd read his Bible, so that's gold. He'd go to church, gold. He'd do witnessing, gold. Um, he'd stay home, watch TV, wood, hay, stubble. You know what I mean? <laughs> go drinking with the boys, wood, hay, stubble. You know, it was just yeah. like it was. It was like it was very, very. Do the Bible stuff, do the church stuff, do the Christian stuff, gold. Yeah. Do the non-Christian stuff. Wood, hay, stubble, and I'm like, I'm watching it like, um, that's really easy to discern. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you know, do the Christian stuff as gold, do the non-Christian stuff, non-gold. What you don't need, you don't need any fire for that. Yeah, um, that's great. But what happens is, okay, so I go to church, but what happens? I'm doing it all for the wrong motives, like the Pharisees. Mm. You know, they'd go there and they'd pray and they'd say, "Look at us," and, and they make they they made it known what they were doing. They, yeah, they, they weren't. It wasn't, let's do this in the secret of our lives. Yeah. No, let's do this where everybody can see how, how good or how holy we are. <laughs> so by doing it and their motive was all wrong and skew if, that becomes wood, hay and stubble. Mm. Um, and so it's not easy. You can have two people sitting side by side and it's not easy to discern mm. what they're doing. It's a heart attitude. It's a motivation. It's how we approach things. And so it's important for us to be very diligent and be very aware of this because it is easy to, to um, start off good in faith. Mm. And that's what that happens to the Galatian church. It says, um, well, I'm in James. We'll come back to James. Just we'll go back to Galatians. They started good. Um, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Love it, bewitched you. You know, <laughs> just such a strange language. You know, who bewitched you? Um, after the New Living. Oh, foolish Galatians, who's cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you'd seen a picture of his death on the cross. Um, so he said, you started off so well. Mm. You started off, um, you know, let's say, jump to verse 3. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Mm. You started well, and now you've gone back. And so just because you start well, just because you get into something really well, doesn't mean that you stay there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, okay, um, Josh, have you driven to any of the other major cities? What's the furthest city you've driven to? Um, well, as myself, yeah. driving. Yeah. Uh, driven, have, have you driven to Geelong? I've driven to Geelong. That would be okay. the furthest. And hours drive um, west of, us, of Melbourne, okay, for those not familiar. So, Josh, so when you got in the car, and you're here, right on this side of the city. You just point your car in the right direction, and that's it. That's all you got to do. No worries. Just 
Put your foot on the accelerator and away <laughs> you go. How many know that you are going to get nail that because you you have started in the right direction? Mm. Um, I'm going exactly where I, I plan to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, how many know that, that there's no guarantee just because you start something well mm. that unless you uh, put protections in place and, and care for it and watch over it, yeah. that it's going to get there. The illustration from the sower, um, the parable Jesus shared about the sower, is that a sower went out and he sowed different seed. And there's one seed that grew up amongst the thorns and the thistles. And as it grew, these other things grew around it. Mm. The cares of this life, the, the, the lust after things, yeah. the, the desire for you know um, your own self and mm. ease. And all those things grew up with it mm. and choked it yeah. and so it did not bear fruit. Mm. The plant was fine. It just didn't take care of the things around it. Mm. And you might start off good with the good gospel, with a great heart and with faith. And just like the Galatian church, you're doing really well. And then someone comes alongside and says, oh, you, you really need to add this and you need should be doing this. And you say, oh, yeah. And they get sidetracked and they lose their way. And so just because you start well does not mean you are necessarily, you know, Inevitably, you will finish well. Mm. You must take care of your life. You must watch over your heart. You must protect it. Um, in Galatians um, 5 verse 1, it says, So Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> You've been made free. Now you've got to keep that freedom. Freedom just doesn't happen automatically. That's, that's, that's really an important part, um, like staying in that place protecting that isn't it yeah <laughs> and now some people might think oh, okay what he's saying is stay free don't go back into sin but it's actually what it says is don't go back into the slavery of the law yeah the context here is hey you've started with a freedom that comes from grace don't go back into a mindset and a behavioral pattern that is sort of all to do with the law and you're trying to mm. you're trying to please god by what you do yeah and you're trying to be, earn your righteousness even though you start off righteous you're trying to maintain it in a, in a different way. So you start one way and then you lose it because you're just under pressure trying to do that. So um, James chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 1. Oh, we'll just skip through a little bit. Um, okay, God gives us a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now, I almost came a bit of a cropper here in my own life when it says humble yourselves. All right, because it's like, it's, well, I have to do that myself. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, God, it's like God says, I'll do this, but you need to humble yourself. I humble myself. Yeah, and so it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't so much in. A, I can do this. Yeah. It was like, I need to. This is my responsibility. Yeah. I've got to. I've got to dig in deep. I've got to. I've got to humble myself. Mm. And um, and then you you get into the Romans seven sort of mind. You know, so okay, okay I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do this. God has instructed me to humble myself. And um, so let's look at what what that looks like in Romans seven. Um, um, I'll switch over to New Living so it's a little bit easier to, to follow. 
Um, okay, well then, I'm suggesting the law is sinful. Let's come down here. You must not covet. Okay, you must not covet. Well, let's say you must be humble. Mm. All right? So that's that my equivalent was humble yourself. Yeah. I must be humble. I've got to be humble. I must, and I've got to do it myself. Yeah. I've got, you know, this is, I can't just say, God, humble me. No, I've got to do it myself. Yeah. Thank you, God. Understand? It's my responsibility. Um, responsibility taken. Because, you know, that, you know, like it's, I'm a good boy. I'm doing the right thing. He's mm. told me to humble myself. I will humble myself. So I've got this instruction. Um, but sin used this command to arouse all kinds of pride in me. Mm. So it's like, okay, don't be proud. Yeah. So I'm I will not be proud. And the more I'm trying not to be proud, I'm suddenly becoming more proud. It just, it, I'm having the exact opposite effect of what I'm trying to do. That's like, that's like the work of the law when you're trying to do it yourself, not under sincerity, under grace. No, exactly. When I, when I, so what I did is I made the mistake. Um, you know, let me just, just read here. <laughs> Um, verse 9, at one time I lived without understanding the law, but when, when I learned the command, so when I, okay, I must not be humble, I must not be proud, I've got to be humble, um, the power of sin came to life. <laughs> it's like it took on a whole new life of its own. I'm like, where did this come from? And, um, and I'd made the mistake of starting in freedom and switching to a law mm. approach. I started with a, a sonship and I shifted over to a slavery mindset now you sort of say but that's not really your fault is it because if you look back at at james 4 verse 10 um it says it does say humble yourself yourself yeah so it's like you're doing exactly what it says um look look at a little bit um look look at two verses earlier draw near to god so that's i've got to do that Mm. he will draw near to me my my role his role cleanse your hands you sinners Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So I'm also instructed to cleanse my hands and to purify my heart. Mm. Well, hang on a second. Even I know I can't cleanse my hand from sin. I can stop doing sin if I try mm. real hard, but then, you know, mm. and I can cle- and purify, but to purify my heart, I'm like, hang on a second. These, these should be clues. So when it says cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, humble yourselves, mm. it's telling me to do stuff, but it's not, not meant to be get back in the arm of the flesh, yeah. get back into my own effort, go back to the law sort of way of doing yeah. things. There is stacks of things for us to do, but they are all to be done through grace, mm. through now the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when he yeah. says humble yourselves, he's not, he's not saying, oh, you just got to be left to your own devices. What he's saying is take a, give attention to this and work and and. And effectively cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Give the Holy Spirit space to work. Ask Him to guide you. Let the, the begin to see yourself with the same attitude that was in Jesus, because that's what's been put into your heart. You you now have a new nature, which is the Word has been written in your heart. So this is not like, oh, I've just got to now be humble. Mm. It's like, ah, oh, how do I now work grace? Mm. Yeah, that's in good. this particular way. But it it just shows me that you can, we think we're doing the right thing. We're driving along and you take your hands off the wheel and look into the side. Next minute you're, I'm not going to Geelong no more. I'm like, what happened there? Um, Geelong isn't the equivalent of the kingdom of God, by the way. I'm just, that's just an illustration. Sorry for anyone who lives in Geelong, but I'm not making that declaration that Geelong is the same as being going to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. But it's not going to heaven. Um, 
but I'm just saying it, it's the moment I take my hands off the wheel and, and just give it. Now, so some people say, ah, so it is by works. So you've got to keep your hands on the wheel. You've got to keep, it, it's, it's all, it becomes, I can't do anything. And we share, and we talked about this last week very clearly. There is a very big difference between a work that is in the flesh, which leads to boasting about myself, to a work which is in the spirit, which leads me to boasting about the spirit mm. and boasting about the goodness of God and yeah. boasting about the grace of God. And it's like, not, and, the, and it's not that fake boasting, like when people say, oh, you know, um, oh, you preached an amazing sermon on Sunday. Oh, it was all God, you know, <laughs> shucks. That was, you know, don't, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. It was just all Jesus. And, um, and what I'm saying is, oh, I love the attention. And please, please recognize that it was a lot of me, but I've got to say the right mm. things. And you'll even be more impressed with You're me because I said vessel. that. Yeah, I'm just the vessel. Um, yeah, we, we actually, in, in youth, um, we went to a youth camp once. And so as part of the youth camp, we gave different people in the youth opportunity to lead a time of worship. Mm. And so there was one person got up and um, so they don't normally lead worship, but they played the keyboard. So they were playing the keyboard and leading in worship. And about halfway through they say, oh, listen, stay, take your eyes off me. Stop looking at me. You know, I know it's, I know, I know you're just thinking, oh, she's doing an amazing job, but just get your eyes off me. This is not meant to be about me. It's about Jesus. You know, stop looking at me. And I'm like, everyone's like, <laughs> you know what you're doing? <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't actually looking at you. Now I am. Now I'm thinking, why do you think so? we, we think so highly of you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, sort of defeats the purpose of it. I'm though. trying to think. I think, I think it was Chris Vallotton that said, um, um, oh, I can't remember. It was a preacher. He said, he, he, someone said, oh, that was really good. And you said, oh, it was all God. And they said, oh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it, was, it was just God. No, there was some good God in it, but it wasn't that good that it was all God, all right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we just got to re realize that the, the good parts are because God's grace is mm. working through us. But we don't, we don't, um, we don't have this fake humility. Mm. We don't have this fake, don't yeah. look at me. And everything I'm craving, you can see I'm I'm, I'm lapping it up by saying, yeah. "Don't look at me." So this is not a fake humility. This is not a fake um, humbling myself. But this is a genuine getting the heart of God, being able to walk in a true humility. And a true humility is an attitude of mind that just is totally aware of our dependence upon God. Mm. Humility, true Bible humility, is a total dependence and a, a looking at life and a living life through the understanding that I, I am totally dependent on God. And any time someone gives me a compliment because of what I've done, I just recognize, and I don't have to say, don't look at me. No. I just know that's, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not out of any false spiritual, you know, spiritual attitude. Yeah. Or, it's like I just recognize you know, without God, I wouldn't be here. Without God, there's so much that you don't know. And his grace has brought me. And praise God. And, and the other one thinking, oh, don't, please don't say it. Please don't say mm. it. Well, why, why wouldn't they say it? Because you've, you've gone from being someone who was a jerk, someone who was a yeah. sinner, and God has cleansed you. And not just cleansed you, but now he's empowered you and put his giftings and enablements in and to the point where you're bearing fruit and helping others. Mm. So when someone comes to you and says, thank you, that was amazing, mm. don't say, oh, don't say that. Of course, say, let them say that because... I recognize that's that's the work of God. Yeah. And he's blessed me and I've blessed you. And what you're really saying is thank you for um, you know, for, for sharing what mm. God has put in your life to me. And I recognize that. And and 
and it's it's a wonderful thing. But this false humility and this yeah. false pride, you know, this false anti-pride. Oh no, no, you never say that. That's not what I'm talking about. But in order to get to that, the same as I cleanse my hands and as I purify my heart and I humble myself, these are not things that I. Um, these are not efforts that I say I'm doing that. I'm holding the wheel. I'm steering my life. I'm going in the right direction only by the grace of God. Mm. And that's, so that's the real like key right there. That Even when those things come and, and people say those things, it's like, well, direct that straight to God. Yeah. Give it straight to God. Yeah. You know, don't, and, don't, don't keep it for yourself because then you're, oh, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. You start to get in trouble there. And don't, and it should be something. A warning sign is if it, it doesn't automatically flow. Mm. Honestly, if 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 it's not like if you're not if you have to remind yourself or yeah. you know that's got to go to God. Hey, just re- refresh your your thinking and and ask the Holy Spirit to once again give you revelation. Meditate on the fact of what Jesus has done for you. What all the mm. things you are that in Him. Mm. Um, you know, let, let me give you let me give you some help here. <laughs> um, we'll go back to Galatians. Um, chapter six, because that can that can bring to light um, the reasons why you're doing something, and if if you're doing it out of um, you know not to elevate yourself or for you to look a particular way um, yeah. amongst men, then you know that those internal reasons are wrong. That's right. And that's going to be burnt up. Yeah, it's got a well, well. It's all. Like, broop, broop, broop. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Mm. Oh, I didn't. And not not this again. Jesus, just look at the model of Jesus, how he did it. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember years ago, you know, I used to think of a righteous person. And when I thought of a righteous person, I thought of a jerk. Uh, because, you know, the people, that, the people that portrayed their righteousness were people I didn't like much. You know, they, just, they pushed their righteousness at me like a, a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, were, they were proud. Mm. The, the, the righteous people I knew, were, they're, just, they're, they're not connected to the real world. Um, and so that doesn't mean righteousness was wrong. It means my, my model of righteousness was very wrong. Do you know what I mean? My, the, the way I viewed righteousness was very wrong. And one of the things that really helped me, we'll go back to Galatians 6 in a second, um, is in First uh, John chapter 2, um, that Jesus is coming and he's saved us. Um, And verse 6 says, the one who says he abides in Jesus ought himself to walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. Mm-hmm. And it's ought. It, 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 should, it should happen. If, you, if you're connecting with Jesus, that life should start to come yeah. out of you. That's, that's, that's right. That's how it should. But I like the fact in the same manner as Jesus walked. And I thought, you know, Jesus was the most righteous person that, um, there, that there ever was. Mm-hmm. I think, and he wasn't a jerk. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He was not. He was the opposite of jerky. Yeah. He was understanding to people. He was kind. He could be bold and he could be strong. And I, and we love some of the stories. You know, yeah. he told Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan!" And you know, told the Pharisees, "You know, your tombs full of dead man's bones." And mm. you know, he he could be bold, but um, he was the most loving and kind person in his dealings. Um, I like in the book of you know, I think Isaiah. It says you know he could he could tend um. A dying wick and, and and nurse, you know, nurse a dying wick to back to flame, and, and a broken reed he could he could repair. In other words, he can do the really gentle, tender stuff. Mm. Not just the big, heavy power lifting, but he could actually be very tender. Yeah. And I thought that's true. Jesus was amazing. You know, he 
his righteousness, but never with the thought that he's compromised, never with the thought that he was doing anything except what God would please God. Mm. He would he was just perfect. And so God says, that's the model. Not the jerky righteous, but you say you want to be righteous like Jesus was righteous. Yeah. I want to walk in the same manner as he walked. And he was righteous. Mm. And um, so ah, there is a way of not being worldly. There is a way of not being caught up in this world's ways and talking like the world, thinking like the world, acting like the world. But there's a way of doing it which is really, really good mm. and healthy. And, and so, so I said, well, that's, that's what I want to be. Mm. You know what I mean? That's my model. I, I say I want to remodel myself. I want to be righteous like Jesus was righteous. So that means living a pure life but doing it in a way that um, doesn't make me a jerk and, and no one loves me. In mm. fact, the sinners came to him to hear him and to be helped by him yeah. because he didn't turn them off. You know, a lot of righteous people turn off people that are not righteous. Mm. You know what I mean? They, make them, right. they, they sort of make them feel guilty or like, you know, the, the finger pointing. Mm. And Jesus was not like that. He, he drew sinners, but he drew them not because he became like them or he made them or even he made them feel comfortable in their sin because they came to him and, and his message was repent, yeah. change your way. You know, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery and he said, and, you know, and they, um, they say, you're going to cast the first, you know, he, he was without sin, cast the mm. first stone. And then right at the very end, he turns and says, now, woman, you know, where's your accusers? They're all gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mm. So he wasn't sort of saying, hey, I'm, so, I'm cool with your sin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, we're all human. He, he never condoned it. He, it would always be, and sin no more. Yeah. You know, we, we're, all, we're, all, um, we're, all, all, um, we're all just, we're all human. We all understand what it's like to fail. None of that. Mm. None of that. No, it wasn't understanding. It mm. wasn't an acceptance. It wasn't it's like, hey, you've been oppressed. Oh, it was tough for you because of this situation. Or was it, I understand. I've had a word of knowledge. I understand. Your, none of that. It was, I'm not going to condemn you, but go and sin no more. Mm. Um, so there was a different attitude, but not by, but, but not by coming up, being a part of them. Mm. And so we've got to, um, how do I be righteous in this world where I'm not condemning but neither am I condoning. Mm. I'm not condemning, but I'm actually um, bringing people to pointing them to a righteous way of living yeah. and a holy way of living, but I'm doing it right. Well, I, Jesus is my model. I walk in the same manner as he walked. And in order to know this and understand how it works, I've got to understand, um, I've, I've just got to become totally dependent on him and that what I am in me is really nothing to be proud of. Mm. Okay, so we go back to Galatians 6. And um, verse 3, because um, have you heard the in him scriptures? Jay, you, you've heard it, we're talking about in him. In, you know, um, it's a really good teaching, and um, Kenneth Hagin really brought this out, and, and, um, and he was not the first, but he was one of the mm. ones that really, really brought it to the body of Christ. And you just go through the Bible, and in him, I have the righteousness of God in him. I can do all things through Christ. You know, any time it talks about being in Christ and in God, what, what we are and, and, and the things we confess. Well, this scripture is um, the opposite. It's Galatians 6, verse 3. For if anyone, I'll put it up there. For if anyone thinks that he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. All right? Um, this is the, and I made a list of the in me scriptures. All right? There's the in Kim and there's the in me. Yes. Now, why would I do the in me ones? It's like, oh, you're just going to beat up on yourself. No, no, I want to be fully aware. Mm. That if I lean into the me side, yeah. I'm coming up empty. Yeah. And I've got to recognize that in me, um, that, that 
I am nothing. I don't, I'm not even sure if this one's in there here. I'll just read it to you um, from Ephesians. Um, uh, well, I'll bring it up. Ephesians 4.22. Um, you know, th th these are some of the things that you don't put on your fridge, magnets. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, the old you, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Um, I'll just put that in the new, the new living, because again, it's, um, might be the new, might actually be the living Bible. Okay, it was the living, not the new living. When you, when you throw off the old evil nature, the old you that was a partner in your evil ways, rotten through and through, <laughs> full of lust and sham. I'm not sure that's sham or shame. should be. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, rotten through and through. Mm. Hey, how good am I? Well, I'm rotten through and through. You know, we don't hear that teaching in Sunday school very much. Um, hey, kids, no. you are rotten through and we, through. We can do that next Sunday, I, I think. I like it. Yeah, so you know, so I got a couple super kid commanders here, and they're like, "Oh, we could do this teaching next week." Um, um, <laughs> hey, kids, we're going to learn that we're rotten through and through. Um, it just doesn't fit our zeitgeist very much at the moment. No. Now, there was there's part of it. There was a reason because you know there was a time when that was all the church taught. Mm. You know, you were just rotten through and through. It's a good thing God came to save you because you're just a rotten, lousy bunch of sinners. And we should all be ashamed of ourselves. Who has fallen once again this week? Who has not lived up? To, who hasn't? Who has? Who has lived their lives 100% for Jesus this week? And everybody be so full of guilt and shame. And then they open up the altar, come down here and and repent and get your lives right with God. And then you fill up the altars with people that are crying and mm. repenting. And the pastor goes, "I've done a good job. I've done a good job. I've done a good. I've I've just filled them with guilt and shame." Made them feel good about themselves. <laughs> yeah, and then they've come down here and they've turned to God, so that's really good. And um, my father-in-law, Pastor David Ricky, you know, you guys know mm. Pastor Ricky was the pastor at Breakthrough Church for many years. And um, he, before I came and got to know him and um, his family and and his wonderful family, because I actually married his daughter. So before I met Christine and, and the family, um, Pastor Ricky would do ministry um, around some of the um, the country churches in in Victoria, mm. and he would go out there, and and they'd um, they'd bring him out, and he was a great preacher and mm. a powerful preacher. Yeah. And then he noticed something. He'd be invited back, and he'd be invited back to the same place. So he'd come back, and he'd preach, and he'd see the same people come to the altar. And he'd see the same people come to the altar. So so this is not right. And so he sought God. He sought God, and, and and God showed him the message of righteousness, how we are to be saved out of that, and mm. not just come over and over and again to saying what a lousy person I am, but to be cleansed and to, be, and to live in the newness of Christ. Yeah. So he began to preach about who we are in Christ mm. and lift the people out of that shame into who they are in Christ. And mm. the, pre the preacher didn't want him back again. He said, hey, we're not filling the altars. And Pastor Riga's like, that's awesome because they're not coming back because they've yeah. failed. They're, they're now living their life. And that's the pastor's, pastor's like, no, 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 full altar. Successful Sunday. <laughs> he didn't want the message of them getting freedom. Just wanted them in shame. So mm. I understand there is, if you go too far one way. Yeah. But the other problem is if you stop giving people an understanding who we are in ourselves, yeah. then um, we don't, 
we, we, we don't understand how dependent and trust, you know, how much we rely on God and how good that is to us. And so I just want to give you some in me, all right? And so going back to, you know, rotten through and through, there's one. Um, Write these down, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, Jordan is rotten through and through. Galatians 6. Um, <laughs> um, I, this one, this one, I'm going to get from um, Think Seems Nothing. I'm going to just um, call up a Bible dictionary called the um, Robertson's Word Pictures. Um, when he describes this, Rob Robertson Word Pictures, a great little Bible dictionary, and it says something when he is nothing, um, and that's the Greek timedon on. He, and this is his his um, translation. Thinks he's a big number, being nothing at all. Um, he's really a zero. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks it's a big number, but he's really a zero. <laughs> you're really not all that or any of that. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're good? You're not even half that good. You're actually a zero. Um, so I thought this was a great spot to start. Um, <laughs> that, um, the in me. In me, I'm nothing. I really don't have um, anything. Um, 1 Corinthians 8.2. We won't spend a lot of time on these because... If anyone supposes he knows anything, he's not yet known as he ought to know. We, I, I, I am nothing. I know nothing. First <laughs> um, Corinthians four seven. Uh, for who regards you as a superior? Uh, and what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast if you had not received it? So I have nothing. I am nothing. I know nothing. I have nothing. Um. John 15.5. This one might be familiar to you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, and, and I in him. He bears much fruit, but from apart from me, you can do nothing. So I am nothing, I know nothing, I have nothing, and I can do nothing. That's great. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, John 3.27. It'll be really sad if that's the only um, scriptures or the only side that someone ever reads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, praise God, there's a but. <laughs> yeah. Um, John three twenty seven. John Anson said, "A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven." Um, so, I am nothing. I know nothing. I have nothing. I can do nothing. I can receive nothing. Mm. Um. And and you can and you can still have a false even a false humility saying oh I am nothing oh I'm not that <laughs> yeah exactly you know and, and and this is this is not like oh um well, we'll we'll move to we'll get to the the quick way of dealing with it um, those who are in the flesh cannot please God mm. so outside of the things of God I cannot please yeah. Him so I can I am nothing know nothing have nothing can do nothing can receive nothing. And I can't please God. Mm. Um, and then I've got some others there, but I think I think you get the the idea. We're getting the picture there that uh, we're rotten through and through. Yeah, we 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 really struggle. Outside of Jesus, we don't we don't bring anything to the table. We've got nothing to stand on. Um, and that, uh, and you say, oh, that's so that's so um, you know, humbling. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's part of it. <laughs> Um, but a lot of people say, "Oh, that just makes me feel terrible." You know what? Yeah. Well, no, no. Th this is to make you realize that when we come in through 
um, what Jesus has done, and we lean into that grace, what he does and what he fills us with and who we come, it's because of his grace. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his love and because of his mercy. And the freedom that he now gives me, that's what I now work out mm. and that's what I, 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 yeah. I bring to the table. Um, because there's a whole new side to it now. Um, and if you go to first, uh, Second Corinthians um, 5, there it is, Um, 21. So it says, He made him who knew no sin, sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now that I'm in him, I have a whole lot of new things that are being said mm, about me. Yeah. A whole lot of new things that, are, that I can lean into. And I need to now see myself in light of what he has made me and who he mm. has done. And part of that is to embrace that and walk in that um, because the servant part of us leans back to what we yeah. have. But the, the sonship side is, mm. um, you know, one, what is it, John 1, um, verse 12, as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. They, they were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. In other words, we didn't accomplish this ourselves, mm. but it was by God, all right? But he's given us a right now to come in and become children of God. So we have this new understanding of who we are in Jesus and what he's done for us and how to live that out. But we must actually go ahead and fully embrace that. Mm. We must live that out. Yeah. All right? So I, I asked myself a question here today. So um, part of what – so when you come into sonship, part of what um, does if – if we go to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, or no, let's say it's staying Galatians. I think. And I'm just – Uh, yeah, okay, Galatians 3.29. We studied this the last couple of weeks. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, offspring. You are heirs according to promise. Okay, I'm um, sorry, I can't bring it up any higher because it's the bottom of the, the, the chapter. Heirs according to promise. We have an inheritance. Mm. Think about it, inheritance. You yeah. know, oh, we, we've come into an inheritance. Ephesians talks about the same thing, this inheritance that we have. So let's just have a look there. Ephesians chapter 1. And um, verse 11. Also, we have obtained an inheritance. We've come into something which is through our sonship now in Jesus, mm. comes with an inheritance. Um, and what is that inheritance? What does that look like? You know, what do we, you know, we, we, it's, it's a right that's given to us. It's privileges that we now have to walk in. Mm. It's blessings. And, and I think probably the blessing is the, is the best way of looking at yeah. it. We've come into being blessed. We've got a promise that we're going to spend forever with God. There's an eternal connection. 
connection. Some people think the inheritance is just heaven, mm. but it's more than just the place heaven. It's yeah. an actual whole relationship. Mm. It's access to God's resources. Yeah. It's the blessing that we now walk, walk under. Um, I want one of the things with the whole thing is um, understanding the difference between blessings and the blessing. You know, what, what, you know um, blessings are sort of the good things that happen, yep. but the blessing is a status. Mm. You are blessed. Mm. All right. Um, not, not under the curse. We are, we are blessed. blessed. We've been we've been changed into a new status, a new relationship with God. We have His favor. Mm. We have His His um, His blessing upon us, and um, that's we, that's access through this inheritance. It's ours. Mm. It's what we are. We don't earn it. Okay. We don't work till we're good enough. Yeah. Um, or. Because ah, otherwise we're going back to the old covenant way yeah. of things. You're not man, you're not maintaining the blessing. No, I'm not. I'm not brought into the blessing through faith, and I don't maintain it through my efforts. Mm. All right. So the blessing is not something I get and then I keep because I'm good. Um, but I understand that I can do things that can damage me being able to walk in mm. it. All right. But it's it's the part. Of, it's the inheritance that God has given to me. Um, and so I'm thinking about this inheritance. And this blessing that we've been given. And I just ask this question, why do new covenant believers, why, why is it that new covenant believers who have an inheritance are not walking in the fullness of that inheritance? If you have an inheritance, why are you not walking in it? And I just began to list the, some of the reasons from the Bible that why you can have an inheritance but not walk in the inheritance. Um, and think of it, um, remember the story of the, the, the prodigal um, son, and how he took his inheritance early. Yeah. And so he took his his inheritance, cashed it in, <laughs> got it into a financial um, status, and then went and blew it all. Mm. And then he came back and he's like, Oh, just treat me as one of your servants. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna restore you into your sonship. And there's a picture there of um, out of servanthood into sonship. And mm. you know. Um, but it was all around inheritance and the, and, the, and the messing with the inheritance. But often what people don't really think about is that the, the final parable, because it was about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son effectively, yep. um, it's actually about two sons, the younger son and the older son. And the older son, so the second half of the parable about the prodigal son just deals with the older son because it says while they're having a celebration he's in, in the home and they're, and they're having a party, the older son's out in the field and he comes in and he, he's super miffed because the servant says, he says, what's all this dancing? And they said, oh, your, your, son, your, your brother who was lost has come back and everyone's celebrating. Yeah. And he wouldn't go into the party. He was so upset. And the father comes out to him and says, what, you know, what's happening? And he said, you know, this son of yours who squandered all your possessions, you bring him back in and they just give him a party. And the father's like, oh, son, you know, he, he was dead. Now he's alive. Mm. You know, we, 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 we should be celebrating. You know, look beyond everything else. He was dead. Now he's alive. Yeah. We should celebrate this. But he also said, said something to him, um, and, and we should look there in the book of Luke. Um, um, you know, we, we, had, we had to be merry and rejoice. This brother of yours was dead and he's begun to live. But look what he said. Um, he said, look, for so many years I've been serving you and I've never neglected a command of yours. What's, what's his mindset? He's serving. He's a servant. He's a servant. He's a son. He's a son. With an inheritance, but he's acting like mm. a servant. 
and I've never neglected a command of you, and yet you've never given me a kid, you know, not a child, mm. a baby goat. Do you know what I mean? You've never given, in other words, you've never, you know, you've, you've killed the fatted calf for this son to have yeah. a huge party. You've never even thrown a little party mm. for me. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, <laughs> you have this wild party, but you never even roasted a leg of lamb for me. You've never done anything for my family, you know, to, if you said, right, if you some of your friends around, that I might be merry with my friends. You said, you never said, you never said, let's have a party for you, son, because you're so faithful and you're so loyal and you're such a good, you know, servant. And he said, this son, and he's squandered your, your and I, I like, um, um, you know, the next verse is, when this son of yours, not even when my brother, when yeah. this son of yours, you know, like, <laughs> words, you know, throw it back on him. This son of yours. When this son of yours, who, who's devoured your wealth with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And listen to what he said. He said to him, oh, my child, you've always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's that point where sometimes we, um, if I stopped and thought, how could Jesus answer? One of the problems in being familiar with something is you never think of what the alternatives are yeah. because you just know what it happens. All right? For instance, um, you know, I, I part of what I like to do in Bible study is to pretend I don't know that verse and say, what would I imagine would be a normal response here? Because the normal response then shows me how, oh, wow, this is left field. Mm. Okay, so I've never neglected a command of yours and yet you've never given me a kid that I might be merry with my friends. And, you know, but then this son comes home and the father said to him, Full stop. okay, stop. What does the father say to him in this situation? Don't think of what he does say, but think of what he should say or could say when you've just heard that your oldest son, who's served you faithfully, is suddenly, he, he's all upset because you've never thrown him a party, even mm. a small party. You're throwing him, and you think, yeah, well, that's true. I'm throwing a big party for your younger son, and, yeah, he's behaved very badly. And so he, said, he could have said, oh, I'm really sorry, son. I, I, I should have thrown you a party. You know, I'll go and stop the other party. <laughs> well, well, it's like you know, let, let's let, let this one run. But you know, or but you know what? I'm really sorry. Mm. I'm going to throw you a party next week. Mm. You know, we'll have a party for you next week. And I'm sorry. I should have been. I, I'm. It's it's almost like the father has taken him for granted. Yeah. The father has taken him and his servants' service for granted. He's never done anything special for him. Just let him serve. Let him work hard, mm. and he's never done anything for him. And it's like, and and so you're a bad father. You've just you've taken your children for granted. Yeah. And that's that's sort of the inference, and that's what the the son's doing. But the answer was, um, no. Um, he said, "All that is mine is yours." In other words, he's think about what he's saying. He's saying, "If you haven't had a party, it's not my fault." <laughs> If you haven't had a party, mm. if you've been here all these years That's and good. you have not had a party, don't point the finger at me. You could have had a party every weekend if you wanted. Mm. Uh, and and son, the son's like, oh, but I couldn't have taken a kid. He said, it was all yours. Who couldn't have a party and throw a party and take one of the kids? Of the, a servant couldn't. Mm. A servant was not free wow. to have a party. He, he 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 tends, but it's yeah. not his. You know, just you know, there are some people that you know they 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 forget, they forget that something. They work in a bank and they handle all the money and they handle it so much they think this ain't right. You know, I'm putting thousands in and thousands. Out. 
why shouldn't some of it go home with me? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm handling it every day. Mm. I'm just, you know, and it's like, no, 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 you're handling it, but it's not yours. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're moving money around every doesn't mean that it's yours. It's not right just because it's there. It's not your own. Unless, unless you're the owner of the store. The owner of the store, mm. he can take a pile yeah. of money. Because, you know, whether it goes into that bank account or goes in that bank account or whether he goes home and, you know, buys some groceries on the way, that's his money. He does have the freedom. Mm. And he can grab something off the shelf. You know, the, the, it, um, I, I had a friend who was a, a Greek, um, Greek friend. Well, he still is Greek and he's still a friend, you know. But um, growing up, um, Spiros' family came to Yerawonga and they bought the local fish and ship shop, a Greek running a fish and ship shop. You know, it's a bit stereotypical, but it happened. <laughs> and um, and the Spiro said, oh, it was terrible. He said, it was terrible. You know, because he said they bought a fish and ship shop where the shop was at the front and then you go through a door and then the house was there. Mm. So you'd be in your lounge room and you can sort of hear the yeah. shop and see, you know, and if someone, if the, the bell would ring, the doors, someone, one of the kids would have to get up and serve at the shop, you know. And, you know do, so you're watching something, doing something, ah, oh, got to go out and they order something, got to go cook the chips, you yeah. know. So, you know, that's, that's how it works. He said, but then they've got a bay-marie. I mean, you know what a bay-marie is? You know, when a, you heat the food, you cook the food and you put it in there mm. so you don't have to cook it fresh. So he said, you'd be sitting in the lounge room and there's fresh dim sims and there's fresh hot chips and there's fresh potato cakes yeah. always mm. just outside that, that door. <laughs> Good. Guess what happened? Spiros <laughs> said, People don't believe me. I was trim. I won the sprinting. But now look at me. No one believes I was skinny. He said, when I was in Melbourne, I was skinny. Everyone doesn't know me as skinny Spiros. He says, I'm like, yeah, it's hard to imagine. He says, it's that fish and chip shop. Because he was a son. Mm. He was he, having the party every week. He could have the party whenever he wanted to. And because that was like, it, it, but, but if he worked there, you're not allowed to do that. Mm. You know, unless they give you permission and say, you know, you can yeah. do it. But I'm just saying, if you work there, you're not free just to take the stuff because you work there. You're a servant. Mm. You can see it. You can handle it. You can, you can do business with it, but that's not yours. But the, ser the son, he said, it's always yours. It's all mm. been yours. And um, so one of the key things is why aren't people working, walking in their inheritance? Is because they still are walking as servants. Mm. They are walking and, and using the servant mindset, the mm. servant system. They're still operating under the servant way of living. And so if you're going to do this, you've got to enter into the sun mindset. You've got to change. Now, what you've got to do is I said all those in me, in me, in me, in me, mm. because you've got to realize we've been adopted into yeah. this sonship. That's good, yeah. Does it make sense? Mm. I'm not, this is not because of my, who I am and my family. Mm. I've been adopted into a new family. Yeah. I've got to recognize I can't mix that. I can't say I'm here because of who I am here. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that was a terrible family. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do, you know. That, that, um, I often, um, okay. Wait, who 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 gets adopted? Just think about it. Just, just think about it. Who who gets adopted? What what type of child gets adopted? It's an orphan from the orphan. Yeah. Okay. You go to an orphanage and you adopt a child. Mm. Okay. I always thought we were being adopted because we're orphans, because that's that's what happens. 
I don't have a father. Mm. I get adopted. Now I do have a father. But when Jesus was challenging the Pharisees in, in the book of John, he says, your father, the devil. Okay. Um, in Roman um, culture, they would often take a servant and adopt him into the family in order to give him the privileges and the position of the family, mm. not because he didn't have parents. It was not because he was fatherless. Yeah. Now, you know, Book of Psalms says, you know, we, we, we think about the fatherless and we have no father. Yeah, and that's the mindset I had. I thought I was going from fatherless to getting a father. Mm. That's good. What I'm doing is changing fathers. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm changing households. That's good. I'm moving from this dad to this dad because this dad has said, I'm adopting you into my mm. family. And now you're going to become my son. But I come into that family, but my old dad lives down the road. That's where I'm living at. Yeah. I am here with my new dad, but I have my old dad. Mm. You know, um, my old dad lets me stay up late <laughs> and lets me eat junk food. Good. My 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 old dad lets me get away with anything. That was an old dad. <laughs> my dad would my dad let me watch the movies that <laughs> I'll make this make this. But you know, I was only a kid, but mm. let's do this. My dad my dad let me play video games, doesn't matter what the rate rating was. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a good dad. My my dad, my dad said, stay up all night, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> It was, it was awesome, my dad. Yeah, my dad made me get sick because I didn't eat any good food and I couldn't pass any of my grades. And I got into a lot of trouble and my me and my mind is just messed up big time. My dad let me drink beer as a child because, you know, that's my dad, my dad. My dad was just, the, you know, he was so cool. And um, But I've been adopted into a new family. It's a different... Different set of it's a different way of living in my mm. new family. Yeah, you can, you cannot you cannot live under or like the old dad. No, the things that were acceptable then are no longer right. Well, they're never right, but yeah. they're not acceptable now, and you cannot live that way. Yeah, mm. it's like exchange. You know, you know that scripture that says, um, "All come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and um, I'll give you rest. I'll put my yoke on you." Mm. All right. Um, I'm, I my picture was I have no yoke. And he puts a yoke on me. Actually, now I'm thinking, I'm yoked to a bad yeah. <laughs> oxen. Yeah. That's terrible. He says, take that yoke off and put my yoke on it. I'm exchanging. It's an exchange. Mm. You know, you've got to go from one to the other. You go out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the dear, his dear son. Mm. You know, Colossians. You, you, you're going out of one system into another system. Mm. All right, you're not you're not going out of a void. Yeah. You're not going out of nothing. You're exchanging, mm. and um, but we've got to maintain the freedom of that new thing. All right, yeah. you've got to, you've got to come into that inheritance. You've got to now. What you can't do is come into there and bring your old way of thinking with you. Mm. Okay, and that's two ways. That's the first way is you know, <laughs> I'm just something. I'm I'm 
Yeah, my dad told me I'm 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 the champ. You know, you're amazing. You're just you're just brilliant. Doesn't matter what you do, you're just the best. Yeah. Oh, my dad says my dad treated me like I was just amazing. You know, I'd beat up other kids at school, and he's, my dad says you're the best. You know, <laughs> I'd spit on the teacher. My dad says you're the best. You know, my dad does doesn't matter what I do. No, your dad's a jerk because mm. he hasn't disciplined you because he hasn't loved you because it mm. says in the book of Hebrews, if you love your child, you discipline your yeah. child. You train them and equip them. Mm. So your dad just let you get away with anything. My new dad comes in and says, no, no, you've got to change your way of thinking. The old you, um, you know, just think of that list. He can do nothing, have nothing, know nothing, be nothing. Rotten through and through. Rotten through and through. Okay, you've got to – oh, that's terrible. No, no, but I'm going to cleanse you, make you he- whole. I'll tell you how much you're worth. That's, that's what you are, but I'll tell you what you're worth. You're worth me dying for. Mm. In order to bring you into this home, you don't have to earn it. It's all by grace, mm. and all you have to do is receive this gift and come in, and now I'm going to make you a son. Mm. And, um, and so um, so how do we come into this inheritance? First of all, I've got, to, I've got to change the way I view it. I've got to change the way I view myself and, and what I've come into. I've got to talk about myself differently. I've got to, I can't just be... What I was, you know, yeah. you know, you think of Abraham when God was making the covenant with him. Um, he was called Abraham, and then when he's 99, God says, "I'm El Shaddai. I'm coming to you, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna giving you this this covenant, um, uh, and you're gonna cut, um, you're gonna circumcise yourself and your in your family." And he's putting, and he's saying, "And I'm gonna change your name. I'm gonna, t- we're gonna talk." I'm going to talk about you differently, but you're going to talk about yourself differently mm, from now on. That's good. When anybody asks you your name, you are now going to say, my name is Abraham. Mm. I'm putting the from the, the Yahweh. God's name is being, I, I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm speaking about myself in light of what God yeah. says about me. I'm changing my view. So when you come into this home, yeah. God says, I've got, a, I've got a different name for mm. you. I've got a name that's, that's about your destiny and who you're called to be and what God's called you. Right. And you say, yeah, but I like to use my old name. And um, one of the... Um, okay, so God brings you an inheritance. And there's as provision there. There is a grace for you there. Mm. There's enablement for you there. Um, and as long as I live and dwell in that, in that, I enjoy the benefits of it. Mm. If I choose to go back to my old way of living and go back to my old dad, I don't get the benefit. Yeah. All right. There are some. Um, I like to talk about it like Wi-Fi. Um, you know, Wi-Fi, it's somewhere in your home, there's some little box and it gives you the Wi-Fi in that home. When you come into that home, you get a password mm. and you can access that Wi-Fi. Mm. And the Wi-Fi, you know, if it's set up right, will be secure. It won't be sending all your bank details anywhere and it'll be looking after you and, and won't just let anyone else do it, password. Yep. But that Wi-Fi um, is in that home. Mm. Okay, good, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't get... I can't go to the home down to the street with my old dad yeah. and get the good Wi-Fi. Mm. Good Wi-Fi is in the good home. That's right. Um, and so it, it's a so sometimes um, okay. Don't chase the good Wi-Fi. Chase the right place. Mm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Be where God's called you mm. in terms of your relationship with Him and your walk with Him, and then the then everything else sorts itself. Yeah. But if you, you know, and the, the scripture there, you know, he who dwells in the secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he will say, you know, and the Lord will do this and this. There's a blessing of being in the right place mm. and dwelling. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm. and then all these things are added to you. Mm. That's good. You know, you, yeah. you get yourself in the right place with God, and everything else gets added. Yeah. All right? The food's there, the, the, the good Wi-Fi's there, the provision's there, the, the, everything. But if we go down to our old dad's house, that stuff's not there. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. Um, but, you know, so people who people vacillate between the two homes. Mm. Remember we talked last week about the um, two-souled person? Yeah. That means you've got, you're keeping up two residences. Double-minded. <laughs> you're mm. keeping up two homes. Yeah. You've got the kingdom home, and then you've got your old home. And you just sort of bounce around between them a little bit. Yeah. It just doesn't work. No. Okay, so, um, but when you come into this new home, why aren't, why aren't they working in inheritance? Because one of the problems is you can come into a new home and um, you're still seeing yourself as a servant. Mm. You're still seeing yourself under the, um, of, of what you used haven't, to be. You haven't changed your way of thinking yet. You haven't aligned your, your thinking with what God has said. Exactly. You haven't, you haven't transformed the way you're seeing yourself and seeing mm. your blessing with what God has uh, declared. In fact, if you look at Ephesians, uh, I think it's three or four. I know it's three or four, but I don't know which one. Um, no, it'd be four. Um, or five. And and sometimes when you're um, when when you when you haven't changed the way you you think you haven't aligned it with God, sometimes it can be like oh but that's not the humble thing to do. It's like oh because I I am not good. I am rotten through and through. Yeah. But God's saying no. Uh, this is you're you're now you're a son, and this is what I say of you. You know your your my divine nature, my spirit is within you. You are forgiven. You are righteous. It's on your account. And so that's. You can't have that false humility or you can't be no. um, stuck or tied into those things. You've got to actually, if God says it about me, then that's, you know, that's, that's the highest, that's the truth. That's the that's, highest truth. Form that's the of, highest reality for. That's the for, highest form of reality that is true about me. Yeah, that's really good. That's true. You've got, you've got to become so um, absolutely committed to the, what the word says about me mm. is, what, is who I am. And, and I, when you do that, I think that the, you know, a lot of the time there will always be something trying you know nagging at you or trying to pull you down whether whether it's in yourself or 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 external um and you've got to keep sort of like renewing your mind keep keep that in, in your thinking of what god has actually said about you so that's excellent excellent thoughts there josh and and i found it in ephesians 4 thanks for giving me some time there to find out it was in ephesians 4 and um um it says, verse 17, this is, I say, and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Now, you can't walk like that anymore. Mm. They were being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality to practice of, to the, for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness, of, of, with greediness. Um, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, 
that in reference to your old manner of life, your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which is in the, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. There's a little process there when we come into God's household, but we must throw away the mm. old way of thinking, yep. the old way of doing things, and we must renew the way we're thinking. It's, it's the spirit of our mind. Um, and it doesn't just say re renew your thoughts. It says renew the spirit of your mind, mm. which means that renew... Um, how can I, what's the difference between, say, thoughts and spirit of your mind? Thoughts are the, just the things that you think. Yeah. Yeah. Stating the obvious. But the spirit of your mind is the whole environment and, and, and philosophy of life that you have, not just the individual thoughts. Mm. Change the whole way you view yourself. Mm. Okay? So, okay, um, difference would be, I say, Josh, you, you have an inheritance in Jesus. And you say, I have an inheritance of Jesus. I've, I've thought that thought. I've, I've, mm. I now have an inheritance. But the change, the spirit of your thinking means that now you think about the inheritance when you face any difficulty. Mm, now when you're talking good. about your life, you're speaking it yeah, according good. to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just a thought. It's a your mind has taken yeah. it on as a way of thinking. Um, and it's just interesting if you... Um, it's like a, a, like, a, like a filter of sorts. Yeah, you've rebooted your mind into a new mm. operating system. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I haven't just loaded a file here and there. I've wiped the old and put in a new. Yeah. I'm totally doing things. The, the other one's gone. This mm. is new. Um, it's interesting. Just if you want to look at um, a few verses here, um, think of this in light of the, the two homes. Yep. Um, Do not let immorality or impurity or greed even be named among you as proper among saints. There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather of giving thanks. For this you know with certain that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you. Um, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't go joining in with them. Mm. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk. As children of light, mm. you don't don't do those things anymore. Yeah, that's not who you were. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light, mm. and and I'm just extrapolating it. You were children of darkness. Now you are children of light. Mm. You walked in darkness. Now you're to walk in light. Do you know what I mean? You you don't do that anymore. That's, yeah. that's what what are you doing? That's how they walk. That's how they lived. And you know all those. You know they used to do this, this, and this. And that doesn't that doesn't suit you anymore. That's not what we do anymore. That's not you know. Um, there's, there's a phrase, and Jordan would have heard this growing up. Um, it said, "That's not um, Jordan is my son. He's here doing the Bible study with us. If anyone, uh, no, you can't get. It. He's trying to get his hand. There he goes. He's trying to say, I am real. I'm not. I'm not a, a cardboard cutout." Um, <laughs> But, Jordan, do you remember me saying this? Because uh, I've used it with all our kids. That's not what a Lewis does. That, yeah, that's not, what, that's not how a Lewis behaves. I think I've even maybe heard that. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry? I think I've maybe even heard that. Yeah, you come, Josh is in our home. This is not how Lewis's behave. If you're in our home, we... <laughs> no, but it's, it, it's like, no, no, this is how we behave. This home, we behave like Lewis's. Mm. And the Lewis's are based on the word of God, obviously. Mm. But there, there's ways we don't do this. You know? Lewis kids do not bite their siblings. Uh, 
<laughs> you really have to tell Jordan that one. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke, his older sister, was showing us he's still got a scar <laughs> from Jordan. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, nice, James. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's why when I say we do not bite our siblings was a real thing. That's not how we behave in this household. Mm. That's not what we do. We, 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 we don't do that to each other. And so that's, there, there it is. You know, if you were formerly darkness, now you're not. So the, one of the key things to start with is you must do it. You must understand, hey, that's not my, I, I don't live according to that anymore. Mm. But there's a temptation to go back to those ways. Yeah. There's a temptation to live according to those ways of thinking and do live those behaviors. Sometimes we think of it in terms of, oh, I'll just go back to doing sinful things. Mm. But it's more than, it's not just, I'm not talking about the sinful things. I'm talking about the way of living. Yeah. The way where you don't trust God. The way where you just give, you know, the devil just encourage us to, to do it ourselves. Yeah. And he's pulling the strings, you know, he's, 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 he's playing us. And, um, but he's telling us, oh, you're doing amazing. You're doing it all yourself. Be strong, you know. And, and he's just, he's letting us, is setting us up for failure. Mm. He doesn't care. The devil is actually really nasty. He's, he, he's um, well, as Jesus said, he's the, he's the father of lies. The, he, he can't, he, the truth isn't in him. And he's going to lie to you and he's going to cause you to lie to yourself yeah. and lie to the world. He said, um, and that's why he said to the Pharisees, you're in a bad camp with, you know, when you line yourself mm. up with the devil because you just cannot... Um, you cannot get the truth there. The truth yeah. is not going to be in that house. In order to get the truth, you need to come into my household because he mm. said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Mm. This, this is where I, I am truth itself. Come mm. into this household, you'll, get, you'll, you'll be told the truth. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I've heard you use this example a few times where the devil doesn't offer you anything, but if, if it, it's like he offers you a ring, uh, and, but he takes your arm. Yeah. So it's like, it might appear like he's offering you something, but actually, it's it's far worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's it's true. It's a phrase I, I I wasn't that I heard growing up. The devil will give you a ring and then chop off your arm. Mm. He'll anything he looks like he's giving you, he's going to take way more. Mm. And he knows it's it's you know if he you know it's like he, he puts the ring on your hand, then it won't let go of your hand. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the ring now. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So put the, yeah, I'll put this ring on you. Then he's uh, but can you let go now, please? Please let go. Please mm. let go. I, and then he chops your arm off. Yeah. Like oh, this is. This didn't end up like he said it would, mm. or he, you know, he, he gave me the impression it would. Um, so we need to come into the household and and have our minds renewed, and part of that is to see and act in our inheritance as sons. Mm. Um, remember in the book of Galatians we talked about last week. Um, they they were uh, they were had an inheritance through Abraham. But then they were in a, uh, as tutors. They were under a um, guardianship mm. under the law. Yep. They, they couldn't enter into that inheritance. They couldn't enter into the blessings of Abraham because that was coming through Jesus. So they were held under a guardianship so they were not able to enter into the fullness of that mm. until Jesus. Now Jesus has come. No longer do we, we don't do that anymore. We yeah. full sonship. Full sonship into the blessings. Look, look at what it says in Ephesians. Um, Access to the, the full inheritance. Yeah, Ephesians one verse three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places mm. in Christ." Wow, we have come into quite an inheritance. He he did not withhold his son. Yeah. And since he hasn't kept Jesus from us, there's now nothing else. That's 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 a that's an excellent. Um, why it doesn't even make sense. Like, why would he um, 
give his son, but then hold, you know, the other blessings. It's just, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that, that's from Romans 5, verse 10. Um, it says, For if while we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Um, I love how the, the Living Bible actually puts that. We can actually bring it up. Um, and since when we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of his son, what blessings he must have for us now that we're his friends and he's living within mm. us. If he did this for us when we were his, his enemies, what, what, what could he hold back? What, mm. what, what would he, um, if, if this is what he gives to us now, um, if, he, if, he, you know, if he was going to hold back, he'd hold back from giving Jesus. Mm. But he hasn't. And so we're blessed. We've come into the blessings of Abraham. Yeah. We've come. So what, what do we need to do? We need, first of all, to fully, fully engage and embrace this system, which means you must cut off and turn your back on your old dad. No, no picking and choosing. No, you cannot, you cannot live between you the two. You choose a dad. Yeah, and you say, he is my father. He is, this is my household. This is the, the name I now use. Mm. This is who I am. Um, and I, I live. Now, you know, our old dad... He wasn't our true dad. He, he, he'd also just taken us in. Like, I'm not saying that Satan was our mm. father. We were created by God. Mm. He, he got hold of us through um, deception. Mm. He got us to break our relationship yeah. with God. He got us to come down and live with him. Yeah. And um, he, he got us to live in his house. He, and the only reason, the only reason he, um, he wanted us in his house was because despite God, he actually hated God mm. so much. He thought, I'll steal his kids. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll ruin his family. Yeah. That'll get back at God. Do you know what I mean? It's wow. just spiteful. That's just, right. Um, there's, so there's, there's real history between God and, do you know what I mean? And, um, and so he, he stole us, um, you know, enticed us. He didn't mm. steal us, but he enticed us and we took the bait mm. and chose his path. You know, he, he went to Eve and said, you know, as God said, you know what? God's holding off and out on you. That's what he said. God's holding out on you. Oh, he knows if you eat this fruit, it's going to be better than ever. He's just telling, he is holding out it. Come. And he knew, and by doing that, he got Eve and Adam to mm. break with God. He got the, come yeah. under the curse. Um, he got, you know, to become the Lord of the, uh, this fallen world. Yeah. Um, and um, so, so he's not like our, you know, our, our actual natural father, mm. but he's the father that we've come into the mm. system of. And he just loves to, um, he's an evil tyrant. It says in Acts, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we, um, Jesus went about doing good and healing everyone who was under the, the tyranny of the devil. Mm. He's an evil tyrant. But now we come in and thank God he's rescued us, taken us out of that kingdom, mm. freed us up. Yeah. But don't say, oh, this is really nice, but I miss my old dad because I, you know, I like some of the ways he let me live. I, I, let's see if I can... Can we do a timeshare thing? You know, uh, Monday's here, mm. Tuesday's here. Can I spend the mornings with you and the afternoons with him? Guys, like, it just does not work like that. You cannot. So it, it's, it's an all-in um, way. Do you know what I mean? It's an all-in way that we come to. And um, I, I have um, wrestled about, you know, with this concept, um, how does the blessing and how does the favor work? You know, what happens if, you know, because um, the blessing is because um, I don't earn it. Mm. I don't earn the blessing yeah. and I don't earn the favor. Yeah. It's all by grace. Yeah. 
So how does it work that if I do something bad, it breaks the favor and it breaks the blessing? And I'm like, God, well, how does that work? Do you know what I mean? Can, can someone who is living terrible still be living under your favor because it's not earned, it's through Christ? Mm. Can someone who's um, not walking right still operate under the blessing because the blessing is a grace gift, it's not a, a earned gift. Mm. So they're not earning it. And yeah. So if you can't earn it, can you not, can you... Can you lose it because yeah. of your behavior? And so I'm trying to work out how does this work? You, you, like you don't qualify or whatever. Yeah, every, every, and, I know, and I know there are times when we can break that process. Mm. Um, you know, in, in, if you look in Revelation chapter 2, um, <laughs> words of Jesus in red, so it's all red. <laughs> I might go out of the Living Bible one. Um, so this is to to the church in Thyatira. Um, oh, okay. um, I'm, let me just get it in my Bible so I can see. Where, oh, it's earlier. It's the church of Pergamum. This is one of those times where I'm not sure of the reference, so I'll just have to wait. That's right. To the church in Pergamum, um, I have a few things, verse 14. Against, you know, so speaking to a New Testament church, covenant people, I have a few things against you because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, commit acts of immorality. Um, in other words, Balak wanted to curse the children of Israel. Mm. But so he hired a prophet called Balaam, who wasn't an Israelite, but he, he had access to the, the prophecies of, you know, he would prophesy in the name of the Lord. Mm. And um, but God told Balaam, you are not to curse them. They are not a cursed people. They are a blessed people. Mm. And um, so every time Balak would get Balaam and say, curse them, blessings would come out of his mouth mm. because he said, I can't but bless them. But Balaam did something very even more wicked. He said to Balak, you realize you're going around this about this the wrong way. There's no way we can get the curse upon them when they're blessed. Mm. He said, you need to get them to pull the curse upon themselves. Mm. He said, so get them to marry with your daughters, get them to enter into immorality and idolatry. And he said, they will suck the curse onto themselves. Mm. I can't push the curse onto them, mm. but they can pull it in. Wow. Okay. And so by, um, here to the New Testament church, the same warning is given. Yeah. They, they're, they're following the ways of Balaam, which, okay, so I understand that um, um, God, God can, um, let me just, I'm just trying to get my thoughts to match with my heart. <laughs> you know I mean? um, we, we don't earn the blessing. Mm. We don't earn his favor. And yet there are things that we can do that can damage it or, yeah. or break it. Or, you know, um, you know, we talk about how much God loves us. Um, and here's a, here's a to Laodicea, um, a New Testament church. He mm. said, you are lukewarm, and because you're not hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth, and I'll like, you'll vomit. <laughs> you mate, you, 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 you're terrible. Mm. You're like, wow. Um, and I'm trying, so I'm, I'm saying, God, how does this work? Mm. How do we walk in the inheritance? But what happens if, you know, we, we go down to our father's house or we, we, we start to mix households? How does, you know... Do we lose the blessing? Do we lose the inheritance? Mm. I'm, I'm like, how does this all work? And God's, like, you know, and I'm, I'm can't get an answer. 
And in then I felt God you know, just speaking to me and say, uh, wrong question. And I'm like, well, I think it's a very good question. <laughs> Personally, I think it's a very, it's a question everyone asks me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a question everyone knows. Oh, did this come upon them because they did this? Or this, did this happen? You know, why, why did this happen to me? Am, am I in sin? Or what, what happens, you know, I've stumbled and I've got forgiveness. Mm. Well, now, what happens regarding this situation, mm. you know, and all the rest? And um, God's like, oh, um, here's his answer. Let's live in his house. He's not in my house. <laughs> yeah, just, live, just, just, just do it the right way. Yeah. All right? Um, don't try and mix. Mm. Don't try and work out where does the blessing come in. A, I'll tell you how it works. Mm. You come in by grace. Yeah. You get adopted into my family. Mm. You live under me. You renew your mind. Yeah. You walk in the inheritance. And you bring great pleasure to God and you enjoy his blessings and you enjoy great freedom. Just don't do the other one. (laughs) Um, So don't try and work out how, what happens if I'm halfway down the street? Mm. What happens if I spend one hour there? What happens if I'm I'm on the way back from there and something happens to me? What happens if I'm, uh, God's like, that's not they're, they're, who wants to know the answers to those questions. Mm. He said, "Just have one question. That's good. How can I better live in the house? Mm. How can I more actively become um, connected with God and and flow with Him and minister to Him? How can I and let, how can I walk in the inheritance? And then and then all the questions about slavehood. It's just, I'm just going to fully embrace my sonship." Mm. All right, I'm just going to fully walk in my sonship. I'm going to walk in the blessings of God. Um, I'm going to, um, you know, it, it, um, I'm going to take hold of every aspect of that blessing because mm. that, that's what He's given me. Yeah. His financial blessings, His prosperity, His His healing, His His favor, His grace mm. in every area. I'm just going to lay hold of it all. Have, yeah, go on. Have, have that attitude of that. If Jesus died so that I can have this, then I'm going to go after all of it. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. Going to, I'm going to live a life that is pleasing to God and I'm going to go after everything that he has for me in this inheritance that he wants to give to me. That, he, that it's not, uh, I don't know, oh, can, I, can I get this too, God? It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how much can I have? How much is too much? Mm. How much can I, you know. Um, and we'll finish with this scripture, probably. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Um, this follows really well from what you just said. It made me think of it, Josh. So we'll just use oh. that. Ephesians 4.20. Um, it, um, chapter 3 even. That, that, that didn't match at all. Um, now to him, um, well, you know, you, sorry, I'll, I'll just backtrack a little bit. You look at Galatians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter one, about the huge things that um, Paul says. I want you, I want you to get an amazing revelation. Um, I want you to know. I want you the pre- the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You may know the hope of His calling, mm. the riches of the glory of yeah. His inheritance in the yeah. saints. He said, "I want you to know it all. I want you to know the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe." And this is in according to the, the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. In other words, I, the 
the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what's working you. Mm. The same spirit. I want the, 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 the inheritance that's uh, the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I want you to get a big picture of it. And then in chapter 3, he again talks about, he says, um, that you may be able to comprehend, verse 18, with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth. It's four dimensions. You work it out. Mm. And to know the love of Christ, which may surpass knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness mm. of God. That's it's good. like, wow. Yeah. Paul's not trying to put a lid on this thing. Mm. Paul's not trying to, whoa, 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 buddy. Just steady down. You know, because when, when do you put lids on? When you're living between two homes. Mm. Two homes means we've got to temper this thing down yeah. and it messes it up. If you just get into one home, the lid's off. Get in one home, like the right home, and immerse yourself in that home. Yeah, just take that home for all. It's an amazing home. There's no limit to the glory. Mm. There's no limit to his blessing. You know, he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing mm. that's in heavenly places. Nothing. Where? In that home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if, 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 if the other home's not a question, then, then when you just go full forward, then you go you know, all in. And so now to him who is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I sort of felt, you know, Paul fell off his seat at this point. You know, I, sort of, I sort of feel like, ah. When I was writing it. Yeah. yeah. Pen drop. Ah, run around the room yelling and, and praising God. Half an hour later, sit down, write. So, therefore... <laughs> yeah, that's. I just sort of got the feeling like he just got into a real, yeah, amazing. And he, I know he probably wasn't even writing it, but you know, mm. he, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing the person who was writing it was like, <laughs> or at this point he's like, give me the pen, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> right, quicker, right, quicker, I'm trying, I'm trying. I just and, said pen, but um, whatever they had. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but Ephesians 3:20. It's interesting if you ask people to quote it. Um, it often sounds like this. Now, to him who was able to do exceedingly beyond all that we could ask or think. Mm. Okay. Did, did, is that correct? Now, I actually misquoted it. But most people wouldn't, didn't hear that. I was quick like... Uh, okay, now, to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. Yeah, exactly. It's, isn't it interesting? Mm. Um, I actually just want to have a look to see if it's in the King James. Say, see where this has come from. No, it's not there. Um, let's look in all the translations. I can't find this even the King James. Or... Um, all right, the only one that I found it in a little bit is the, the Living Bible, which is again because they're sort of um, the word could. Okay, just think about it. To him was able to, him who was able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. Could ask. Or think. There's no could. Oh. There's no could. Okay. It changes the meaning of this verse without us realizing. Mm. Josh, you could never ask beyond what I could give you. Mm. Okay. Wow. So I'm just telling you, you could never ask beyond what I give you. Okay, well... What's the point of trying then? Because mm. <laughs> I, I could never, you know, if I asked for a million dollars, I could give you two. If I asked for two million, I could give you three. Um, I'm, I'm saying, doesn't matter what you ask, you could, mm. you could never ask beyond mm. what I could. Okay, that's a statement about what could happen, mm. what may happen. Let me take the word could out and, ch and, and, 
and just take the difference in the meaning. Josh, you never ask me what beyond what I want to give you. Josh, you, you never you never ask me for enough. Mm. Wow. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, you never ask me for enough. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's a total different mindset. Yeah. It's like it's like God's like now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we do ask or think. Mm. He's able to do more than we're asking. Yeah. Not that we what we could ask. Because we could ask is just like a Ah, well, I can never get to that. Yeah. But now it's actually, well, we're not asking enough. He's able to do way beyond what we are asking. Wow. It's not like a, and, and so the, the inference there is ask higher. Mm. Not that, oh, is this so amazing? We can never ask enough. No, he's saying he's able to do abundantly beyond all that we do ask or think. Mm. The, thing, the things that we are asking for and the mm. things that we are thinking is able to go above that. Yeah. So you need, so you go back and Paul says, so I'm asking you to be able to comprehend and to know the love of Christ that you might be filled. I'm asking you to get revelation so mm. you can ask for more. Yeah. And you can go higher. That's good. Not that you, you know, so I think you get that. You know, it, it's, he wants us to live in the house and then push it to its limits. Mm. You know, sometimes if I ever think, oh, maybe I'm getting ahead, maybe I'm getting a little bit too big in you know, what I'm you know, believing for or what I'm preaching, I just go back and read Ephesians chapter 1. All right? You know, it was like, no, I'm not preaching it big enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whenever I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm stretching this too far, mm. I read Ephesians 1 and I think, take this further. Yeah, I'm I'm still well under what we what we've got here. You know, read Ephesians three. Mm, this I'm not preaching this nearly higher. <laughs> it's know? almost like uh, are we taking this as far as we can? And it's like you go to here. It's like well, we're not even scratching the surface. Yeah, we got we got a long way to go. There is way more here. And um, so why do let's go back to the question I had. So why why do new covenant believers why are they not walking in the fullness of their inheritance? Um, well, because they can be not thinking as sons, they can be seeing themselves as servants, they mm. can be still operating under the servant mindset. The other reason is, is that they can be trying to do this in a two-household system. Mm. And um, I'm not going to give you any advice how to operate this in a two-household system. I am not wise enough, and I cannot work it out. Um, you know, if you're if you're spending days, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays doing this, God can sort that out with you, and He can work it out. He's very wise, mm. and He can still get the blessing to you, and He can still work in grace, mm. and He can still help yeah. you work through. But to be honest, I cannot I cannot give an answer how to do it. I can tell you that if you make it a one household system, mm. and that's not just in your own strength, the whole thing. See, if you ever say that and you go back, people go, well, in, in my flesh, I will live in this home. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Go back to how I started. Okay, God says live in this home. Well, there, I will live in this home. I will always be under your shadow. I will live according to your household. Mm. I will be a one household. And I'm, I'm bringing all my old way of thinking into the new home. And it's like, ah! Mm. <laughs> if, if you want to ask your father for something, it's like, I wonder if he'll give me that, or oh, I really want this. Yeah. And you go to ask him, he's like, oh, 
I'm actually not in the right home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he'll never give me that. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's such a... So just get in the right home, mm. but don't do it. it. It's a grace thing. It's, yeah. it's a walk of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to enable you, empower you. Um, I said I was, I'll give you the um, you know, one last verse, but I, it's one last, last. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there will ever be a time where, where we, we don't... Yeah. We're going to finish now. <laughs> going to finish. This is, this is post-finishing. You know? mm. This is after we finish thoughts. Um, you know, we've received the adoption of sons, and because we're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into my heart, um, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But what's the key for that? The Holy Spirit has come to enable me to do all this. Mm. I'm not saying you just need to do your best. Lean in, let the Holy Spirit. This mm. is the Holy Spirit will give you the spirit of sonship. The Holy Spirit will enable, enable us to um, cry, Abba, dear daddy, which means intimate relationship. Abba, my, my dad, you know, you, you're, you're my personal relationship. So everything I'm talking about, lean into by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's our key here. Mm. It, it's, if I'm going to humble myself, the Holy Spirit helps me. Mm. If I'm going to cleanse my hands, the Holy Spirit helps me. If I'm going to um, purify my heart, the Holy Spirit helps mm. me. So that's how we do it and, and we get it to work. But as we lean into him and do that, wow, this inheritance, what is, what's he locking up? Um, he, he's bringing you in as a son, no more servanthood, but as a son and an heir. Mm. So that's what he wants you to walk as, a son and an mm, heir in his home. And what does that inheritance hold? Wow, it's if just whatever you think, add something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you, you, as you dive in, you're well, that's included in the inheritance too. Yes, it is. But a servant sits back and says, My dad never gave me a goat, my father never did this. I'm sitting in the home, but I'm not getting anything because you're not acting and behaving like a son. Mm. And um, so, we'll talk next week about what we do to lay hold of our inheritance, mm. all right? This week we had to talk about the, the heart of coming in yeah. and the fact we need to be just in the one home. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, you know, I don't want to be talking about how to lay hold of it and you're still in two homes yeah. because that just messes everything up. Yeah. Get in the home, wholehearted, single-minded. If, you, if you've got into difficulties, the kindness of God leads us unto repentance and um, go hold, lay hold of God's mm. provision, forgiveness and grace to cleanse you get the Holy Spirit to walk in that. So then next week, we're going to talk about how we actually lay hold of those things in inheritance. Yeah. How do we know what's inheritance and how to lay hold of them? Mm. We'll do that next week. Yeah, and, and also um, um, think of if, if, you, if you've been watching this today and you've been enjoying this, um, maybe you have questions for us today. But also, um, if there's going to be questions, think about questions that you might be able to ask next week. Yeah, or you can um, you can send us go go to the website um, breakthrough.org.au and there's a contact us option mm. there. Just get on there and you can send us a, a, yeah. a message. You can use the YouTube channel to drop messages on the um, mm. on the on our YouTube site, and we'll answer them. Um, even if we don't answer them there, we can answer them live mm. and, and share you know, according to that. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again, Josh. You appreciate your contribution. And um, look forward to you joining with us. Um, you can pass this on around to those around. Um, we've obviously been building on, on teaching on covenant over a number of weeks now. Go back, go to our website, breakthrough.org.au slash um, academy, and you will find that you know, our old teaching or on our website, mm. um, our, YouTube channel, our website, our YouTube channel, Breakthrough Melbourne, 
Um, and you can find all the messages from this and past series of Academy. Thanks so much. And from me and Josh, God bless you.